This program is brought to you by the Scripps College of Communication, which is comprised of five schools, each offering a variety of majors and programs for students who want to pursue communication-related careers. Learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. Welcome to Spectrum. Spectrum features conversations with an eclectic group of people. Some are famous and some aren't, but the common thread is that they all have captivating stories. Today we're talking with Robert Scott, the regional administrator of the Great Lakes region of the Federal Small Business Administration. Scott was on tour of some of the areas of his region facing some economic stagnation, and he was touring in an attempt to spread the word about some of the benefits of the Small Business Administration. We talk about some of the services that are offered by the SBA and how the average small business owner can benefit from them. Rob, you're the regional administrator for uh, the Small Business Administration, and I, I understand you came to that job in January. Is that right? Yep, yep. I'm uh, first week of January, so I'm I'm an expert at this point. <laughs> when when you first got there, um, what was your mandate? What did you see as what you had to do right off the bat? So uh, there's 10 regions in the United States, and they brought most of the regional administrators on uh, during that same period, the, the first week of January of this year. And we had the opportunity to sit down with the administrator of the SBA, uh, a person who uh, a lot of your listenership probably knows is Linda McMahon. And yes. If you, you're a fan of wrestling, you certainly know Linda McMahon or her right. husband, Vince McMahon. But uh, the one great thing about Linda is she was a small business owner, and I guess could technically still say she she still is. And she, she told us a story about how when she started out, and she says, it was this Vince and I, and we were in the, base, you know, in the basement of my house, literally staring at each other and you know we we failed so many times we had our cars repossessed we had our car our house foreclosed on and if only during that period of time when we were trying to pump up the wrestling federation if i would have known about the sba (laughs) and she she said seriously and she explained like an entertainment industry cash flow is everything and she said there was always a cash flow issue uh especially with when they were starting out what they were trying to do is which was buy cable time to broadcast the the wrestling matches right. so she she went on and said the thing about the SBA is the programs that we offer not a lot of people know about when you think of the S, the small business administration one you, when you when you talk to people and a lot of people when they ask me what I do I say oh I work for the small business administration and they think what what is that like is that like <laughs> an association that's out there no it's actually a federal agency. It's a cabinet level position, meaning Linda McMahon sits on the president's, president of the United right. States cabinet uh, in the things that we offer. Well, the next thing is everyone says, oh, yeah, I've heard of SBA loans. So you guys give loans. No, the SBA guarantees loans. And we work with private lending institutions in order to guarantee that money so that we can spur small business. Uh, we also offer business counseling and then the other fourth tier, which would be disaster. So Linda's mandate to us, uh, with the support of the president, was to uh, not make the SBA the best kept secret in the federal government. That 
us as regional administrators and kind of our role is outreach into our regions and to push uh, the folks that, you know, are SBA employees within the region to do a lot more outreach and to, to grab a lot of people and say, hey, these are the services that we offer. If you're a small business owner, here's how we can help you grow. Hey, if you want to start a business, here's what we can do for you. Oh, if you want to buy a business, here's what we can do. And kind of be your partner throughout that entire process. You are and have been a small business owner yes. your, yourself. Yes. Uh, I take it that that would give you an advantage uh, to to your job. You you come to your job with knowing what some of the obstacles are. Absolutely, I, I tell people all the time. As an attorney, uh, you know, when I was I started out, I came out of law school, and it was a very bad time for the legal services industry. So, uh, law firms were laying off attorneys; they weren't hiring them. So. What I decided to do is kind of put out my own shingle. Um, I had a, a person that I knew who was also an attorney who said, yeah, come into my office and we'll kind of work together as kind of a mentor relationship. And uh, it was tough. Those first two years, uh, I could have qualified for welfare. Uh, I made that that amount of money. And then when I started growing my third, my fourth year, then I started to get tax advice on, hey, you probably need to sock some money away in IRA. So you bring your taxable income down. And then I hired a paralegal. Um, and it's interesting when you have people that work underneath you. And at, at my peak, I had uh, three, I had a legal assistant and two paralegals. Uh, around Christmas time, it always seemed, seemed uh, when money got tight because clients didn't want to pay. Absolutely. Right. And then so you're looking at, oh, I've got payroll. This is how much that's in the business account. Yes, I'm going to have to go get a cash advance on the credit card and, and put it into that account. So I personally have experienced it, not to the degree that some business owners out there have experienced where they've had to put out their hat, you know, mortgage their house to put more money, more money into the into the business. Uh, that's something that, uh, as a small business administration, we're really seeking out those business owners because there are things that we can do to help them and, and certainly link them up with resources to help them so that they don't have to put up the house or go to grandma or their, uh, to their American Express card. There, there's really a learning curve uh, to be a small business operator. I, I remember my first couple of years of practice, similar to yours. You know, you were afraid not to take that case that walked in the door. Yep. <laughs> Even though you knew it was not a good one and yep. was going to be probably more trouble than it was worth, oh, yeah. you didn't want to turn away anybody. Yep. But, yes, the third, fourth year, you start being a, a, a little more selective. But thinking back to my experience and what you just talked about, it, not just the financial aspects of this, but – the technical services. Talk, talk about that because a lot of small businesses, I feel still today, mm -hmm. struggle with the technical aspect. Absolutely. So the one thing the Small Business Administration does, which I didn't even know before I even took the position uh, and started to research it as I was, I was you know, seeking out the position and then once, once I uh, was appointed, uh, is the fact that the SBA uh, offers many different resources for businesses, including like business counseling is, is what I would, I would refer to it. So they hold classes on, you know, things, whether it's, you know, how to balance your spreadsheet to how to work with Excel, how to do QuickBooks. Um, we certainly have resource partners like SCORE uh, that, that we do this with. Uh, and they offer classes free. I mean, obviously tax 
taxpayer dollars are paying for the SBA, but uh, there's no fee. Um, they, they hold them throughout the year. You can go online and search them, different topics. Uh, online, we actually have webinars that you can search and you know, certainly watch it from, you know, before you go to bed or, you know, in, in, your, in your pajamas or at your convenience. Uh, all of this is out there. The, the resources are out there for a business owner if they don't know how to do something to go, go and grab. I think one of the most overwhelming uh, experiences you have as a small business owner, and see if you agree with me, is you're overwhelmed by what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody thinks they can run a small business and it's easy and cash flow and a little bit of payroll and hire an accountant and that's it. But boy, you get absolutely inundated with what you don't know. Yep. I mean, and I'll tell you as, a, as somebody that provided professional services, i.e. legal services, uh, when you're in that position, whether you're a dentist, doctor, lawyer, you know, psychologist, you focus on your practice, meaning you're, you're doing client service or patient service. And, and that's always the priority because you took that oath. Uh, there's the business side to it, which uh, I'll be honest, when I was in it, I ignored a lot. Billing would be the last thing I wanted to do <laughs> right. at the end of the week. So it wasn't actually until um, I was speaking to um, somebody that actually put me up on this new software was a law practice management software, and they were asking me about billing. I was like, well, this is kind of how I do it. And they said, really, you need to hire somebody that that's all they do. They come in for half a day every week and, and do that. And I was like, well, sounds like a great job for my mother. <laughs> so I had, my, I had my mother come in on a Saturday morning and the half day, and I'd pay her, and she did my bidding. It wasn't until I had somebody on the outside looking kind of at my business model to say, hey, do this one thing. And it totally changed my practice. Like I went from my third year, I think maybe I, that year I had like 80 grand in, in revenues somewhere around there, ballpark, to the next year I was over 200. Because finally a client was getting a bill in the mail and they're like, oh, I better pay my attorney or he won't be my attorney much right, longer. Right. You know, and it's not like people are begging to pay their bills. No. So, so that that one thing, and, and a lot of times that's all it takes uh, for a small business owner is to have some outside perspective that maybe you're engrossed in it, whether you're manufacturing a product and maybe you're an engineer type and maybe business just isn't 100% your skill set, you're into the product, but you're still the CEO and doing everything, you may need that outside uh, expertise. And the other uh, degree, and I I know that you probably give people guidance on this as well, is uh, the regulations that they they have to follow, whether whether it's tax laws or other kinds of uh, regulations. Every state obviously is different, but uh, that's something that people don't understand and don't even know what the landscape is. Yep. Uh, We certainly offer assistance with that. Uh, We have a a gentleman here in the region uh, named Les Davies, who that's all he does. He's a regional advocate, and he helps uh, small business owners when they're having issues with the government complying with regulations, or if there's a regulation getting ready to come out uh, that may affect them. Um, He kind of gets involved in that as well. And then also, if you're a business that actually does contracting with the federal government, and I'm, I say federal government, but really with any, any government, of the um, you know, so, yeah, we can link you up with the appropriate people to uh, to speak to. Um, but we actually have resources that assist small business owners when they they have issues with regulations or even dealing with the federal government. 
Help us understand a little bit about the small business climate. You're, you're in a region that includes, as I understand it, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio, Wisconsin. Uh, boy, a lot of the Rust Belt yep. <laughs> in that. Given that environment where major industry has at least fallen by the wayside or, or hit the skids over the past few years, has that prompted more small business? Do you, do you have a resurgence? Talk about that dynamic. So it's, you're always told that, that, you know, typically the time that you have the greatest idea to start a business is when you're unemployed. Yeah, right. And I, I believe, you know, years ago, that's kind of what happened in, in region. It's region five, which is it's called the Great Lakes region, the region that uh, I oversee as the uh, regional administrator. Uh, but yes, I definitely think that 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 is accurate. The other thing I will tell you is there's a lot of good companies here um, and a lot of good resources. To take Ohio, for example, uh, you have the largest Air Force base uh, in the country, right? Patterson Air Force Base, my hometown of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, They do the most contracting uh, for anything Air Force uh, in the world. Uh, because of that, you have a lot of small businesses that circulate in, in the Dayton region or in, in Ohio in general that you know work with Wright-Patterson Air Force Base to supply, be a part of that federal acquisition to be a part of those programs. A lot of those military, you know, uh, everything uh, from parts to, to food supplies. Correct. Yeah. So you you have a lot of that. So there are a lot of good resources and 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 companies that you can go to. Uh, here in the region. So that's a bonus. I will tell you region five is number one uh, in volume uh, in SBA lending and also number one uh, in dollar amount uh, last year. And you attribute that to your great management. No, it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me. Uh, what I will tell you is, again, I think with a lot of the – it being the Rust Belt, yeah. people are having to be inventive. Got it. And, you know, they're, they're doing things, whether it's service-oriented industries or, you know, producing products. There is a resurgent in this region for manufacturing. Uh, I know in my hometown there, there definitely is. Uh, you know, in the tool and die industry, and, and uh, you know, you've got a lot of the the uh, oil and gas industry in eastern Ohio that a lot of, you know, western Ohio is producing a lot of the, the products that are going over right. there. Uh, so I think you're seeing a resurgent, uh, resurgence because, again, uh, a lot of this region was, was for car auto manufacturing. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, that, those days are gone. Um, you know, the largest truck plant was also in my hometown in downtown yeah, Dayton. That's right. Uh, now it was uh, barren land for basically 15 years. Now they're actually manufacturing uh, windshields for automotive called Fuel, which is a Chinese company that came in. And just taking Dayton as a microcosm, it, it really hit hard times mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago. But yep. I, I take it from friends that I still have that live there, uh, there's a resurgence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's based on a lot of small business. Yep. Yep. Uh, just and just what you're talking about. Probably one of my, my funnest small business to uh, deal with where we're seeing a lot of these just grow everywhere are microbreweries. And there's like 10 of them in my hometown. They're, they're actually everywhere. Yeah. Um, I've went to a couple of them in Wisconsin that have, that have kind of uh, broken ground. 
Um, but it's just not Dayton, Ohio. It's it's you got Detroit that's seen a resurgence in their in their downtown. Uh, Cleveland, like Cleveland of 15 years ago compared to Cleveland of today, no comparison. Yeah, totally different. Um, it's totally different. Milwaukee, I'll tell you. Uh, uh, not that I I spent a lot of time in Milwaukee. I'd been there a couple times before taking this position, but I remember as a kid compared to what it is now, um, the development that's going on in, in downtown Milwaukee. So you're seeing a lot of things happen in our urban cities uh, in the last you know five years that was not there we'll be back after this message the scripps college of communication at ohio university seeks to not only educate its students about today's communication industry but to produce innovative leaders These leaders will shape the future of communication and its methods of delivery in a rapidly changing technological landscape. Scripps provides leadership in communication by preparing students to be effective and responsible communicators in a global society and by advancing the field through creative activity and research on communication concepts, issues, and problems. The Scripps College of Communication fosters multicultural awareness within a diverse community. It strives to create a climate of civility where leadership and innovation are prized and responsibility and accountability are understood. The college values curriculum, research, and creative activity that provides benefits to people regionally, nationally, and globally. You can learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. Do you have special programs for urban we do. Uh, centers? I, I we do. I seem to recall that you do. So uh, the initiatives that the administrator, Administrator McMahon, has laid down and with the support of President Trump has been uh, basically a three-pronged approach uh, for my side of the SBA. So one is to increase hub zone lending, and that's that that urban part, increase uh, rural lending, which uh, certainly we're sitting here in Athens, Ohio, which is yeah. a rural county in, in Appalachia. So that definitely targets uh, where we're sitting right now. And then to increase the number of lenders that are active uh, in the SBA lending program. So to you know, getting, tap into more capital. Getting them willing to come up with the money with your guarantees. Correct. And to understand and and have faith in that process. Correct. So to touch on that a little bit, um, you know, the administrator is making it easier for lenders to work with the SBA. Uh, As you can imagine, there's always a stigma as a, you know, a private industry getting, working with the government. It's like, ah, oh, you got all these forms, all these regulations and government employees. And, and it's like selling your soul to the Right, <laughs> right. So, so what uh, our administrator's done is kind of taken a private sector approach to running the agency where she's looking at regulations that we have and our internal processes and totally flipping them upside down, putting a kind of business focus on it, how to, you know, move things along faster. To give you an example, a very small example, in that that side is we have a program called SBA Express. And what that is is 
A lending institution uh, can typically push a loan, a small business loan, with the guarantee of the SBA through SBA Express, and the capital can be received. Uh, they say they can get it between three and five business days. Okay, that wow. quick <laughs> through a program called SBA, and it's uh, an amount up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. We are talking about possibly moving that up to a million dollars. Uh, because it's it's had such success, um, SBA Express it's it's less uh, documentation as far as what is required. I mean, in a, in a traditional SBA loan, not an SBA Express loan, there's a lot of documentation. Sure, a big holdup when when a small business owner is trying to get financing, whether it be a regular commercial loan or through us, is you know a lot of times they don't have a lot of their ducks in a row which we can help with. They can meet with us ahead of time and we can help them get everything packaged together so when they go to that lending institution, you know, they have everything, they look good, and we can get them hopefully financing, uh, which would be nice to have that on the shelf so you could pull it right. off when you needed right. it, right? Exactly. So uh, that's another service we provide in our business counseling where we help with business plan and, and to get things moving. But on the SB Express program and, and to increase our active lenders that are involved so that we can continue to grow our footprint in, in the country. Um, the rural and hub zone initiative. So to rural initiative, uh, a lot of what the president saw and sees and including the administrator McMahon is in our rural communities, there's a lot of these bank community banks that are getting bought up by the big, the bigger banks, the fifth thirds of the world, the Huntington they're, banks of the world. They're disappearing. Yeah, they are. And the, the small town community bank where a handshake was your deal uh, and you got financing, those days are, are coming to a very big close uh, you yeah. know, coming up here. So in order for us to help farmers, in order for us to help the smaller communities and, and rural America, uh, Administrator McMahon set an edict down that we needed to increase uh, rural lending in, through the SBA by 5% this year, uh, by the end of this fiscal year, which is uh, coming up here real shortly. <laughs> yes. Uh, and what I will tell you, uh, I would imagine that'll be the exact same goal for the following year. Uh, but uh, what we are doing in the rural communities is outreach. So hence why I'm uh, down here in Athens, Ohio. Uh, we are going to Lancaster tomorrow and, and a few other uh, communities in Southeast Ohio to kind of talk about our rural initiative and to push out that message. Um, we do have a partnership with this as well, the Department of Agriculture. Uh, we signed an MOU of agreement with them where we're working together. They have some loan products that they, they can certainly offer through the USDA and uh, farm services. Uh, so we're kind of promoting uh, one another. So it's like your government working together to be a better servant. Uh, so, so help me out here, and this is probably an inane question, but <laughs> bear with me. Does a farm qualify as a small business? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and what is the actual definition of small business? And I know it's complicated, yeah, but can, you, it, it, can it, you sort of distill it down for us? Yeah, it definitely uh, – it's based on industry, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can talk NASIC codes and all this other <laughs> fun stuff, which it's way over my head. I would say you need to sit down with one, one of our people in the yeah. SBA that that's all they do. Um, I'm more the, the talking head and the promoter. But uh, what I will tell you is to – 
typically a small business, the, the federal definition is kind of like under 500 employees, which if you're a company that has 150 employees, you're not thinking you're a small business, no. but uh, it is under 500 employees. Uh, the revenue really is a moving target because say like you're in a construction industry. Well, if you're doing 50 million a year, that's it's really a small, small, small construction company. Right. Um, you know, you could do five hundred million a year, and you still could be considered a small, small construction. Right. So the revenue is kind of tied with what industry you're in. But typically, under five hundred, you're you're a small business. Okay, so we're sitting here in a university that one of its uh, bright stars is its innovation center and and its business incubator and all of uh, the various uh, innovative programs they have at the university. We're not alone. That's replicated throughout your region. Uh, how does the Small Business Administration work with the innovation centers and, and incubators? We uh, view them as our uh, resource partner. So uh, it's, it's kind of hand in hand. It's more like they refer folks to us, we refer folks to them, uh, and hopefully it all works out and say, hey, I, you know, this innovation center, we may not be able to help you, the SBA may be able to, or hey, we got this great thing that came out of the innovation, maybe it's a, an invention or an idea, whatever it may be, uh, and somebody at the innovation center says, you know what, you need to patent this, first of all, that's legal advice for everyone listening. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but uh, secondly, uh, certainly you need to get financing, to, whether you get a prototype or, you know, you actually get an LLC and, and start moving the ball forward. Uh, we can certainly offer, you know, assistance in that. The economy's growing. Absolutely. The economy, uh, some reports, is best it's been in years and years. Uh, underlying that is always a, a caution uh, that, that people have, especially small businesses. Talk through that, the, the whole resurgence and, and how a small business person should look at it right now. Is it a point of opportunity? Is it a point of being time to be cautious? How would you approach it? So uh, a couple things I, I would mention. If I'm a small business owner and I'm certainly sitting in an economy that, that's growing quick, uh, what we're hearing out there is the small business owner's number one issue. Um, and I'm hearing this in Ohio. I'm hearing this in Wisconsin, Illinois. Workforce. Okay, That's their number one problem right now, getting people hired and in the door. And whether that's having a trained workforce that can do the job, uh, and I've heard a lot of things where a lot of the people that uh, I know I'm sitting here at Ohio University, but they come out of college and they don't really know how to do anything. Sure. Uh, you know, the second thing is maybe they don't need a college degree, maybe they just need a trade. Uh, and that there's a lot of trades out there that a lot of these businesses, they can't find somebody that is skilled in that trade. Skilled plumbers, skilled electricians. Correct. So, and welders. Welders. Uh, right. you know, all, that, all those trades that uh, are you know, certainly good paying jobs that a lot of the younger folks coming out of high school, they, they don't want to do. They're encouraged like, oh, you need a liberal arts degree or whatever. Right. And that, I mean, that's fine. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. I'm not uh, certainly judging. But uh, there is a in the in the small business community, there's an issue of, of workforce. The, the other issue is just those life skills. You need to show up on time. Uh, you need to pass a drug test. Uh, a lot of those issues are prevalent in the workforce. Plus, with the unemployment being so low, 
there is not an influx of people out there that are actually available to work. So what's happening is uh, we're seeing wages go up. Uh, they're going up slow, um, probably slower than they should. Uh, but as the competition for, for a, a workforce, um, you know, there's just not a workforce out there um, right now that uh, you can grab. Well, I, I think we're talking about two things, right? We're talking about workforce and then we're talking about trained workforce, mm -hmm. uh, which is probably uh, an equal problem. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And some businesses have actually taken upon themselves. Uh, I know I have a, a shop in Cincinnati that has taken upon themselves that they're actually going into high schools. They're hiring high school kids to work in, in their company, and then they're training them with a guarantee that they will get a job, and this is X amount of you know salary and benefits and whatnot. It, it's it's and it's welding actually, and they teach them how to weld, and they get them certified and and whatnot. And they have to sign an agreement that they'll work there for X amount of years. Uh, but that's the lengths that a lot of companies are uh, doing in order to get good workforce in the door. We have a lot of people in this region uh, that were trained for extractive industries mm -hmm. of, of various natures, uh, primarily coal, mm -hmm. uh, but but other extractive industries as well, timber and and, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, fracking and and other other things. If the jobs aren't there, all too often in this region they go without. Mm -hmm. um, is there any program with the SBA that works maybe in conjunction with something else that does job retraining? So we refer a lot of uh, folks to the state. Okay. Uh, so the state of Ohio certainly has programs out there, and then obviously your local counties do. Uh, that is something that we're working on. It's actually a priority of the administrator to have a workforce training component in the SBA. But as of right now, we don't have anything specific uh, that I can think of. So looking down the road, uh, you, you just started in, in January, so you're coming up on the end of six months and soon to come up on the end of your first physical year. Uh, what's, what's on the horizon for small business? What's, what's next once you get things sort of organized and fulfill some of your mandates from uh, your leader? Uh, what's next? Uh, I think the, the one thing that needs to be the small business owners need to be looking at is the benefits from the president's tax cuts. Uh, one item that is not uh, discussed much is the, these opportunity zones, and it's a carve out within the president's plan that uh, Senator uh, Tim Scott from South Carolina, uh, it's one of his brainchilds along with the president. And what an opportunity zone is, is that it's a zone that is designated in a state, kind of like a hub zone in a way, but the, the governors of the state are the ones that designate the opportunity zones and submit it to the federal government. And what it allows is for folks with capital gains taxes to roll those capital gains into an opportunity zone fund. And uh, the, the fund will have a manager an investment manager. And these funds uh, can be used in the opportunity zones to build houses, create a business, uh, spend money on infrastructure, whatever it may be. It's kind of the sky's the limit here. Um, but it's private equity, private capital 
that is going into these opportunities, and it's not government, it's not government funding, uh, to rebuild some of these areas that have been pretty hard hit. So, you know, an opportunity zone, to give you an example, Detroit is right. Most of Detroit will be an opportunity zone. And can you imagine the amount of investment that possibly could come to Detroit? Because um, these, uh, you know, there's billionaires and millionaires on Wall Street that want to find ways to park their money and in, invest it so they don't have to pay the capital gains tax. This is a vehicle that they can certainly use. So that's one thing on the horizon. Um, what else? Well, uh, hopefully the economy is still humming uh, this time next year and the following year, uh, with certainly with uh, President Trump and, and Linda McMahon. But I think we will definitely continue the rural initiative. Uh, so as we continue to get across the country uh, and in my region get into the rural areas, I mean, we have a large country and you know, there's only so many resources, but uh, we're certainly going to continue to push the word out about our rural initiative, our hub zone initiative, where we want to increase hub zone lending by 5%. That's another big initiative that we have uh, to help our urban areas. And then it's just, and for just so we're clear, hub zones is not an urban program. There's also a lot of rural areas that are considered in hub zones. Uh, sitting here, uh, we are sitting in a hub zone. Mm-hmm. I, I believe the entire county is designated as a hub zone. Most of the counties in Appalachia are are uh, would, hub qualify. Z- would qualify sure. as a hub zone. Uh, so we're going to increase lending. Uh, our goal is by 5% uh, here. Uh, the other opportunity, what I will say uh, that we offer in the SBA is de- doing business with the federal government. Uh, we have folks on staff that assist businesses to set, set all that up and actually to get into the federal procurement world. Uh, we, we have in the federal government a mandate, uh, it's in statute, that 23% of all federal procurement goes to small business owners. And uh, certainly, if you want to be a part of that, uh, we, we can help you. I'm not going to guarantee you get a government contract on your first try, but we have many success stories where small businesses have uh, gotten into gotten into doing business with the government. That's and, a common misunderstanding or misperception, though, that you have to be Lockheed to, to deal with correct. the federal government, right? Correct. Because 23% of procurement, that's, that's a healthy percentage. It's a big chunk. And we trust, trust me, we work very hard to meet that. Uh, for the past four years, federal government has actually met that 23%. Rob, best of luck. Thank, Thank you, you very much for coming and talking with me. Today, we've been talking with Robert Scott, Regional Administrator for the U.S. Small Business Administration, about the services it offers to assist business owners. Spectrum is produced by WYUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our co-producer. I'm your host, Tom Hodson. Please subscribe to Spectrum. You can do that at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or on your NPR One app. You can also find Spectrum on the NPR Podcast directory. We welcome your feedback, your comments, and your reviews, so please do so through one of your podcast outlets. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, you can direct them to me by email, and that's hodson at ohio.edu. Hodson, H-O-D-S-O-N, at ohio.edu.